And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, <laughs> when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, you know, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl, my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Everyone, I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the captivating Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Penny Singleton and Arthur Lake star in a comedy episode of Blondie from 1939. But first, it's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Jeff must correctly answer more true or false questions about Mick Jagger than I. Lisa Wolf Hall is our moderator. Lisa, please say hello to Jeff. Yes, we've got Jeff on the phone from Chicago. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Carl. Hey, Lisa. How are you guys doing? We're great. great. Well, I'm great. I don't know about Carl. How are you? Well, no, you're super. <laughs> I'm super. Yeah, she's and super. And I'm lovely. I'm lovely. lovely. No, I'm I the was going to say, one. what about lovely? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the lovely one. So um, we're going to talk about Mick Jagger. He's turning 80 next month. So 80, wow. Wow. July 26th. He was born 1943. Wow. So, Do you um, have moves like Jagger, Jeff? Uh, no. No. Yeah. Not too many people do, so don't worry now, about it. Even Maroon 5 doesn't have no. moves like Jagger. <laughs> All right, Jeff, the first question is for you. And speaking of that, we will be talking about that uh, in this segment. You'll see. Oh. The first question is for you, Jeff. True or false? In 1985, Mick Jagger released his first solo album, Primitive Cool. True or false? I'm going to say false. I don't like the name of it. No. <laughs> Okay. All right. I don't. I didn't know he ever released a solo album, huh? I'm gonna say false. Also, okay. It is false. He did release a solo album, um, and he did one in 1985. But Primitive Cool was released in 1987. Jeff knows his um, stuff. 1985 was She's the Boss. And that mm-hmm. was his first solo album. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. it's just a good guess, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked, Carl. Yes. In 2009, he joined the group Heavens along with Eurythmics founder Dave Stewart. True or false? False. I have to say false also on that one. It is false. He joined the group called Super Heavy, not group, not Heavens. Oh, she's oh. so tricky. No, that wasn't that tricky. tricky. You both got it. So yeah, but it clearly she's, trying wasn't that tricky. To, she's trying to trick us, And Jeff. it was with Eurythmics she's founder a, got Dave a, she's got a, She's got a dark... I got a dark side. Dark side. <laughs> dark side really, of the moon. She really does. <laughs> For as sweet and nice I, and I'm not, happy. I'm not that sweet or nice. I'm just happy. To, <laughs> she has a, there's a little corner or crevice in the, 
in Lisa's brain there. She likes it's to It's not that little, start. but okay. And <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, in 1989, Jagger was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. True or false? 1989. I'm going to say true. I'm going to say true also. True is right. See, I'm wow. not that tricky. Jeff, we're on the same page here, you and I, buddy. That's scary. That's scary. scary. That is scary for Jeff, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Carl Jagger co-founded the film production company Rocking Horse Productions, which produced a documentary on Jagger titled Being Mick. True or false? It, it all sounds true, but I'm going to say false. Okay. All right. I was going to say if I go, go opposite and say true. Unfortunately, oh, it's not true, so it's for false. Here's, here's the for problem. Jeff. It's called Jagged Films, not Rocking Horse ah, Productions. Oh, which makes sense. Uh-oh. I just took a small lead here. All right, I'm on your side here. Now, Jeff, focus. Maroon 5's popular song, Moves Like Jagger, is all about Mick Jagger. True <laughs> or false? I gave that one away yeah. earlier. <laughs> Jeff, what do you think? Oh, I'm sorry. True. Yeah, it's true. It is true. All right. Here's the last question. Uh-oh. Carl. Yes. He was honored with a knighthood for his exemplary services to popular music and was knighted by Prince Charles in 2003. Uh, so it's all true except for it probably wasn't Prince Charles. So I'm going to say false. Okay, Jeff. I know he he did get knighted. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say true then. Thank you. It's true. Oh, yeah, man. Good job. That's for Jeff. Here's for me. We tied. I was sending tied, you. I was Jeff. sending we you tied. a message. I got it. Thank all you. Right. So, all right. Uh, all right. Well, that's pretty darn great. Here's the deal. I'm going to send you some Twilight Zone radio drama CDs in the mail. All right, buddy, for playing the game. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. You made my night. I I would have been bummed out if you lost. (laughs) Because I run around here going, I won, I won, I won. So he can't say that. So I can't do that now. Way to go, Jeff. (laughs) When we come back, Penny Singleton, Arthur Lake, star in a radio comedy episode of Blondie. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. The Blondie Radio Show, Lisa, lasted uh, from 1939 all the way to 1950. It was adapted from the long-running Blondie comic strip by Chip Young, and then there were 28 
Blondie Films. 28 wow. Blondie Films. That's a lot. It's more than I thought. Penny Singleton played Blondie, and Arthur Lake was her dim-witted husband, Dagwood. And uh, in the comic strip, uh, the movies, radio, and subsequent TV show, the Bumsteads were a loving couple raising their children, Alexander and Cookie. They also had a dog. Remember the name of the dog? Daisy. Do you remember? I I wouldn't have known that. You wouldn't have known that? All right. Blondie was a smart, sweet, and responsible woman, kind of like you. Right, sure. You know? Sweet. And then uh, sweet. she was also extremely beautiful, like you. Oh, sure. And Dagwood was a kind and loving, yet clumsy, naive man. Like with you. A... <laughs> <laughs> and he had an insatiable appetite for food. Oh. I mean, I loved the... You the... love food. Well, I loved the Blondie movies. They were great. And, and the radio I, show I was... I remember that. Radio show was great, too. TV cartoons. Yeah. Dagwood worked uh, as an office manager at the J.C. Dithers Construction Company. And he always had trouble with his boss, mm-hmm. you know, of course. And the uh, radio sponsors <laughs> over the years were Super Suds. That's not around anymore. I don't think and so. And Camel Cigarettes. Like, would you believe that Camel was the wow. sponsor of this comedy show? Right, before Crazy. they knew. It was heard on NBC for most of its run. We have a, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot of these shows in existence. We only have maybe a handful of episodes. This is called Blondie in the Model Home. It goes back to November 6, 1939, which was oh. the first year it was on the air. And a uh, good episode. Here's part one now of Blondie. Out of the funnies into your homes, and we hope your hearts too, the makers of Camel Cigarettes bring you Blondie. And now we're ready for our weekly date with the Bumsteads. This time we find Dagwood with his employer, J.C. Dithers, standing in the living room of a newly completed bungalow. Listen. Well, Bumstead, is this a typical Dithers dream home, or, or isn't it? Oh, oh, sure, sure. Does that fireplace look like the kind where a young couple could sit gazing at flickering flames, mm-hmm. or, or not? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, why, that's our regular uh, number 413. 413A, Bumstead. Oh. The hearth of a lifelong honeymoon, $12.85 extra. Oh. oh and what yeah. about the furniture, Bumstead? It's okay. You mean it breathes contentment, don't you? If it doesn't, that decorator overcharge me. Hmm. Are you going to furnish all the houses you build now, Mr. Dithers? Not by a long shot, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I was crazy to furnish this one. Uh, yes, sir. What? I mean, uh, why did you furnish this one? To please Lockenvar Stipple. Huh? Stipple is an old bachelor with a barrel of money and a lot of romantic ideas about marriage and love in a cottage. He keeps talking about lamp-lit windows in an ideal home for two. Uh-huh. So he wants to play Cupid by providing dream homes for honeymoon couples, easy terms, and no down payment. Oh. If he can just put the right people in the right houses. Yeah? Claims he doesn't want to make a cent. Gosh, I wish I'd met him when I first married Blondie. If you'd waited for him to provide a home, you'd be living on a vacant lot today, Bumstead. Why? Oh, because he can't seem to find a place that lives up to his ideas. I started showing him new houses, and he said they all looked too empty. And I furnished this one, uh-huh. and he still didn't like it. He seems to expect to find his honeymooners all moved in and holding hands in front of the fire. <laughs> Say, that's a good idea. You know what Eddie Guest said? <clears throat> it takes a heap of living in a house to make it home. Why don't you furnish some people, too? Well, Bumstead, I'm glad you mentioned that. I have the same idea. You did? Yeah. Oh. Only I'm not going to turn this new furniture over to strangers. 
I want someone I can hold responsible. Oh, oh sure. Responsible people is what you want. Uh, don't get anyone who would come in and start throwing parties for their friends and relatives. Uh, get someone who would kind of move in and then relax. Well, Bum said, huh? you relax easier than any man I've ever met. Yeah. Uh -huh. How about you and Blondie moving in here for a while? Oh, no, Mr. Ditters. It's a nice place, but uh, all this new furniture and all. Why, you two could make believe you were just starting on your honeymoon. Well, who would we make believe Baby Dumpling was? Huh? Oh. Well, you could leave Baby Dumpling with the fuddles. Get a complete change. I don't know. Uh, Blondie and I are kind of used to Baby Dumpling now, and, and Daisy the dog would miss it. Oh, and... nonsense. Look, I'd make it worth your while, Bumstead. No, uh, look. Oh, I got a better idea, Mr. Dithers. I know some real honeymooners, and nice steady people, too. Blondie's Aunt Bessie and her husband, Mr. Sneevel. Huh? They don't sound very romantic to me. Stipple wants romance. Oh, you ought to see them. Like kids. Blondie and I brought them together, and I bet they'd be glad to do us a favor. But I wanted to settle the deal with Stipple this weekend. If I can do that, I can sell him a lot of homes, and besides uh, that... I could wire... Hmm. Well, it's against my better judgment, Bumstead. Uh -huh. Anytime I leave anything to you, something goes sour. Uh -huh. But I'll settle for Aunt Bessie and Weevil if... Uh, Sneevel. If... Huh? Oh, what's the difference? I'll settle for them on one condition. You and Blondie come in here first. Let Blondie sort of warm the place up. She has a knack around the house. Then if her Aunt Bessie doesn't come, you two will have to go through with the romantic stuff for Stipple. Well, I'll ask Blondie, and if she's game, <laughs> I am. Then it's a deal, Bumstead. Now, when I bring Stipple, be sure there's a fire in the grate and soft lamps glowing all over the place. Okay. Remember, he's strong on lighted windows. My trunk. Hold that door open until I get in here. But, Dagwood, yeah. we won't need a trunk, will we? Mm -hmm. Goodness, we may not even stay overnight if Aunt Bessie and Gideon get here in time. And if we did need anything extra to wear, we could run over to the house for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I brought over some knickknacks. Knickknacks? Yeah, it's stuff to scatter around. Uh, make the place homey, you know? Oh, Dagwood, there are too many things in this house now. I've been changing the furniture around and putting things away all afternoon. Well, just let the trunk stand in the hallway there for now. Uh-huh. Say, it's pretty dark in here. Uh, why don't you light up the lamps, huh? Uh, Dithers says Mr. Stippler is strong on lots of warm lights and stuff. Then Mr. Dithers should have thought to have had the electricity turned on. Isn't it on? No, Dagwood. No electricity, gas, or phone. No heat yet. No? Except the fireplace. Yeah, that isn't burning up very well, is it? No. The wood's sort of green, I think. It smokes. I don't think this is going to be what Dithers wants Mr. Stipple to see. Well, we'll do the best we can. I ran over to the neighbors and phoned everybody to turn everything on, and they said they would. Uh -huh. But they didn't say just when. Yeah. Say... I smell kerosene. Oh, it's this oil lantern I borrowed. It smokes, too. It doesn't give out much light, either. Oh, dear. 
I did want the place to look cozy for Mr. Stipple. You know, Dagwood, mm. I think his idea is lovely. Furnishing little honeymoon places for people. Well, maybe the lights will come on before he gets here and the firewood may dry out and burn. Say, when are Aunt Bessie and, and Gideon due? Any minute, I think. I got a funny wire from her. It said... Hey, what's that? Oh, the front door. Yeah? I wonder if... Oh, oh, it's Aunt Bessie. Oh, is that you, Blondie Bumstead? Oh, of course. Oh, I'm so glad to see you, Aunt Bessie. Here, Dagwood, help her with her bags. Come right in. Hello, Aunt Bessie. Oh, I'd like to have gone right on by. What, with no lights or anything? What's the matter with the lights? They'll be turned on soon. Uh, look out for that trunk. Here, Dagwood, put her bags by the trunk. Uh, okay. Just for now. Okay. Come on in, dear. Gosh, five bags. <laughs> And it looks like you've uh, you've left home for good, Aunt Bessie. And so I have, too. <laughs> yeah. Huh? What? I say, and so I have left home. Not that I'd call that ugly big barn of a house home. It was bad enough when I was lived with my family, and they used to sit around like it was awake, waiting for Gideon Sneeble to come and claim me. Thirteen years I waited, as you well know, Blondie. And if I'd have known what was in store for me, I'd have waited till doomsday before I'd have trusted my life to that man. You mean Uncle Gideon? That's who I married, ain't it? For better or worse, I took him. And how was I to know how much worse it would turn out to be? Oh, dear, you, you've you quarreled with Mr. Sneevel. Well, I thought you had just come back from your honeymoon. And so we had. But when a man deserts his bride, the honeymoon is over. Uncle Gideon deserted you? Well, he's off on another trip. Packed up his samples of anchors and lit out. And good riddance to rubbish, too. Oh, well, maybe it's just a business trip. I don't care what it is. He won't find me waiting when he gets back. Oh, I was mighty glad to get your wire inviting me here. Uh, yeah, but we kind of wanted you and Uncle Gideon both. Well, of course, if I'm not welcome. Oh, now, Aunt Bessie, Dagwood doesn't mean that at all. Uh, well... It was just that we thought you and Uncle Gideon both being here would make this a real honeymoon cottage. Oh, dear. What, what made Uncle Gideon leave home? Well, he laid it to Horace and Sylvester. You know, Aunt Gracie's boys. Oh, oh, yes. Where did he meet them? They dropped past the house for a little visit. And at first, butter wouldn't melt in Gideon's mouth. He was that polite. The boys took to him so well, they decided to stay a spell. You mean they moved in with you? Well, it ain't as if it was a small house. There's eight bedrooms in that place of Sneevels. And that I pointed out to him when he began his grumbling. But he says to me, Why can't Sylvester sleep in a bedroom, then, instead of my favorite chair, he says. Oh, I see. What else did Sylvester do? Not a blessed thing. Uh-huh. I guess that's why Sneevel didn't take so kindly to him after a while. Sylvester does a lot of thinking, and he can't do it so good unless he's lying down. Hmm. What does he think about? Oh, about what he's going to be in life. He says it's a serious thing to pick out a career. Mm-hmm. He's been thinking about it ever since he was 21, and he can't make up his mind yet. That's quite a long while, Aunt Bessie. Well, Sylvester's just turned 45. He certainly gave it careful consideration. Poor boy. He's all wore out from the thinking and the worrying. Oh, and that Sneevel never would let him be. Why, when Sneevel went off to work mornings, he'd complain that Sylvester was a-snoring on the living room couch. And when he'd come home to lunch, he'd make him get up and come to the table. And when he'd come home at night, he'd complain that Sylvester was taking his afternoon nap in his chair. Never gives the boy a minute's peace. Well, maybe if Sylvester had shown a little more energy... Don't you believe it? Horace had energy and to spare. And Sneevel got mad at Horace, too. What did Horace do? Just tried to be helpful, is all. 
He fixed Gideon's car for him. At least he uh, tried to. What went wrong? Well, seems like the gears on the car was making a noise, so Horace up and took him out and put it round and put him back. Uh-huh. Worked like a beaver on it. Yeah? But Gideon Sneeville complained that when he was through, the car wouldn't run no way but backwards. Oh, no? He backed it out, and it backed around the block, and it backed back into the garage, and his language was a caution to hear. That's why he packed up and lit out on a train. Oh, gosh, that's too bad. Well... You can stay here tonight, Aunt Bessie, anyway, and uh, then go visit your own folks a while, huh? Oh, and let them say to my face that after waiting for a man for 13 years, I up and made a fizzle of my marriage, I'll die before I ever go home. Well, don't worry about it tonight, Aunt Bessie. You can stay here and rest. For a while she can, but uh, this isn't our house, Blondie. It's Mr. Dithers and... Uh... Please, Dagwood, not now. Oh, let him go on. I know I ain't wanted... Here, no, nowhere. Now, Aunt Bessie. Oh, family couldn't wait to get me off their hands. Gideon as much as turned me out of doors. And now you, hidden about my going before I even took off my hat. Oh, well, Aunt Bessie. Nobody wants a lone woman. That's how it is. <laughs> now, now, that isn't true a bit. You come on upstairs with me and lie down. Just a burden to one and all. That's what I am. Oh, no, no. You're welcome with us, Aunt Bessie. Of course you are. Come on, now. Would you like a nice cup of tea? Oh, don't go to no trouble for me. Oh, it won't take a minute to make. Yeah, not after the gas gets turned on. No gas! Please, Aunt Bessie, please. Come on upstairs and lie down. My goodness, you're all upset. Yeah, your relatives. Man, what a crybaby, huh? Oh, boy, she's Gosh. sad. <laughs> <laughs> what a crybaby on that show there. Her, that Aunt she Bessie has good is. reason to that cry. Aunt Bessie. <laughs> uh, very early broadcast of Blondie, November 6, 1939. Blondie in the model home. Starring the one and only Penny Singleton as Blondie. She was such a cutie. Arthur Lake as Dagwood Bumstead on uh, NBC, uh, actually a CBS broadcast. Uh, we'll get back to Blondie plus a whole lot more after this short commercial break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Hey, Carl, you like to have parties at your house. Yeah. Right? Yes. So for your next celebration, let Hibachi Omakase bring the Hibachi food, fun, and entertainment to your very own backyard. Hibachi Omakase's expert chef will bring an authentic Hibachi grill right to your house to create a customized menu and a one-of-a-kind dining experience 
for you and your guests. They use only the freshest, top quality ingredients, and they'll take care of all the food, drinks, decorations, and entertainment, so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy the party. Visit their website at hibachiomakase.com to learn more and book your backyard hibachi party today. So I did just that. I contacted Hibachi Omakase for my daughter's birthday party. Yeah. And we have an event planned for July 21st in my own backyard, and we're going to have hibachi food and entertainment. What a night it's going to be. That is going to be great. I mean, what a terrific idea. Sure, Have the hibachi come right to your house. Right. So not just great food, but all the entertainment. I will keep you up to date on it and let you know about the... Choo-choo! I don't know, but I'm I'm in for a show. And then they make a heart out of the rice. Out of the rice. We will have fried rice and steak and shrimp and chicken and all of the goodies. I'll keep you up to date. All right. Let me know how it goes. Thank you. Very cool. All right. We're listening to Blondie, good radio show from the first year on the air for the Blondie series. And uh, this broadcast is from November 6, 1939. It's called Blondie in the Model Home. Here's the conclusion. Oh, golly. I hope that isn't Dithers. Who is that? Uh, wait till I turn up the lantern. Oh, shit. Huh? Where is she? Uh, who? Why, it's Uncle Gideon. Shh. Where's Bessie? Now, don't tell me she ain't here, Bumstead. I found this on the doorstep. A birdcage? With her love bird. I, I guess I forgot to bring that cage in with her bag. What do you call? Oh, a trunk and stuff. Okay. Come on in, Mr. Sneevel. What's the matter with the lights? Uh, they're going to turn them on pretty soon, I think. I don't like the looks of this, Bumstead. Now, what have you done with Bessie? I haven't done anything with her. She just went upstairs with Blondie. She's pretty mad at you. Well, I've come to have it out with her once and for all. A pretty kettle of fish this is. Where will I put this anchor? Anchor? Oh, uh, one of your samples. Certainly it's a sample. Let's see. Oh, uh, put it here in the hall with the... That must be pretty heavy to lug around. Not as heavy as my heart, Bumpstead. There I was, a happy married man, when a snake crept into my Eden. Two snakes, Sylvester and Horace. Dagwood, what's going on down there? Shh, don't say I'm here yet. I want to confront Bessie. Uh, what good will that do? Oh, maybe if I take her by surprise, I can get in a word or two before she starts talking. Mm-hmm. Well, she was crying when she went upstairs. Oh, she always does that when she runs out of talk. She knows I can't stand it. Dagwood, oh. why don't you answer me? Maybe he can't speak. He's unconscious down there in the dark. Oh, I felt it in the bone. Something was going to happen. She got her voice back. Yeah. Uh, you, you sure you want to stay? Uh, they'll be down in a minute. Well, I'll just stand back here in the shadows, back of the couch. Okay. Dagwood Bumstead, who was that at the door? Why, what, what's this anchor doing here? Uh, just lying there. An anchor? Oh, that means Sneevel. He's followed me. Don't let him take me, Blondie. Now, Aunt Bessie, maybe he's come to make up with you. Then he's wasting time. I give him the best years of my life. Oh, is that so? <gasps> there he is. Eavesdropping. Now, Bessie, listen. Lurking in the shadows. Sure. Stop, lurk, and listen. That's my motto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now let's be sensible. Don't come no nearer, Gideon Sneevel. Oh, stop him, Blondie. Now, Aunt Bessie, no one's going to harm you. Why not listen and hear why Mr. Sneevel's come here? Sure, Aunt Bessie, be reasonable. Oh, I'm unreasonable, am I? Because I won't listen to his smooth tongue. Well, let me tell you that I've been listening for years, and I believed him, too. I was just fool enough to think he meant it when he said he'd give me a good home. I did give you a good home, but I didn't promise a home for your whole family. 
especially Sylvester and Horace, those termites. Don't make it any worse by cursing Gideon Sneeble. Isn't there any way of patching this up? Yeah, if those fellas would leave. Leave? Uh-huh. Sylvester wouldn't get off that couch if the house was on fire. I tried it. Yes, he frightened me out of my wits one morning, hollering fire. Oh. Yes, and all Sylvester said was, which room? And I said the kitchen was in flames. And Sylvester said, well, when it gets close to here, call Horace and ask him to carry me out. Oh, I won't sit here and listen to no more lies. I'll go out into the night again. Now, Aunt Betty... No, she won't have to go. I'll go. Hand me that anchor and those lovebirds. Don't lay so much as a finger on those birds. They're mine. Now, Uncle Gideon, give Aunt Bessie the birds. Dagwood, Uh, you keep out of this. Who paid for those birds, I'd like to know. There he goes, throwing his money in my face. Oh, where's my hat? It's upstairs, Aunt Bessie. Let me be, Blondie. This is what I get for marrying beneath me. I was too young to know what I was doing. You mean you was too old to care? Oh, Not go up there, Blondie. I've got you, Dagwood, and keep them quiet. Goodness, that may be Mr. Dizzard's at the door. Oh, no. I hope not. Oh, oh Sam. It is. Uh, uh, oh, welcome to Honeymoon Cottage. What was all that yelling I heard? The honeymooners. What? It's Aunt Bessie and Uncle Gideon. Uh, they had a little misunderstanding. Now, listen to me, Bumstead. Oh, my foot. What's that? What's that I fell over? Just an anchor. An anchor? Uh-huh. Well, what's that doing in the hall? What's this trunk here for and all this luggage? Why don't you turn on some lights? Well, uh, they'll be on any minute now, uh, I think. I distinctly told you, Bumstead, that Stipple wanted warm, soft light streaming from the windows. I and I find the house dark as a smuggler's cave. I told you like romance. And I find the hall full of luggage as if someone was being evicted. Uh-oh. I said Stipple wanted to see a happy couple sitting in contentment before their own fireside. Uh-huh. And I find the place full of your relatives making the night hideous with their uproar. Oh, they'll quiet down. Ah! Oh, listen to that. Now get those people out of here, Bumstead, before I turn in a riot call. Yes, sir, but let me explain. You can explain that in the morning. Stipple's coming tonight. And it'll look fishy if I'm here or try to head him off. He'll be here any minute, and if he stumbles into this shambles, it'll cure him of romance forever and lose me a good customer and cause you a bad headache, Bumstead. I got a little headache now. Well, you practice getting used to that one, Bumstead, because unless you get me out of this quicker than you got me into it, you're going to be a stretcher case. Hey, wait. Oh, golly. Hey. Bondi! up, will you? Yes, dear, here I am. Oh, did Mr. Dithers go so soon? He didn't go any too soon for me. He was pretty mad, Blondie. He said Mr. Stipple would just be rambling onto a stumble, uh, stumbling onto a, uh, oh, something like that. Oh, dear. Did he hear Bessie and Gideon? Oh, how could he help it? What was that crash? Who threw what at who? Oh, that wasn't anything. I just dropped a bottle of cologne I was bathing Aunt Bessie's forehead with. She has a bad headache. You mean she is a headache? Now, Dagwood, it's just that they're getting adjusted to marriage after living alone so many years. I feel sorry for them both right now. Maybe I'd feel sorry for them if I had time. But Stipple will be here any minute looking for a romantic honeymoon couple sitting by the hearth. And we haven't got one. I know. 
And I feel responsible because it's my Aunt Bessie. Oh, oh, look, Dagwood. What? The little hall light's burning. The electricity must be on. Oh, to, to turn it out, if Stipple sees a lot of lighted windows, you'll be here like a shot. He's crazy about it. Hey, who's that standing in the hall? Why, Uncle Gideon. Oh, eavesdropping again, huh? I, I'm afraid I was. Uh, do I understand that my uh, disagreement with Bessie has embarrassed you young people? I'll say. Dagwood? Well, it has. My whole job depends on it, maybe. And see, uh, there's a fellow coming who thinks marriage is a fine thing. A bachelor, huh? Yeah, huh? Well, yes, but he has a lovely idea, Uncle Gideon. He wants to provide low-cost homes for couples where they can find peace and contentment. Little houses like this, just for two. Just for two? Mm-hmm. Good idea. My marriage might not be the wreck it is if I'd had a guest-proof home. Well, if I could help in any way... Well, you could, uh, by being the example of a happy married couple. Uh, <laughs> only you need Aunt Bessie to... Then it's hopeless, my boy. Oh, is that so? Oh, and Bessie. why, may I ask? Aunt Bessie, you were listening, too. Yes, I was. And uh, if I were speaking to Mr. Sneeble, I would tell him that I was just as able to cooperate with my nephew as he is. Uh, did you hear that, Uncle Gideon? She said... I heard her. You may tell Mrs. Sneevel that I, for one, would be willing to impersonate a happily married man for the period of the emergency. Aunt Bessie, Uncle Gideon says... I heard him. I can hide my feelings, too, while the company's here. Oh, I think that's very nice of you both. Now, while I'm turning on the lamps, would you sit together over by the fire? Yeah, r right over here. Come on. Uh, look, Blondie. Uh -huh. The fire's beginning to burn, uh -huh. too. Everything's looking a little brighter, Dagwood. Now, uh... Sit down, Aunt Bessie. Yeah. Now, uh, you sit next to Uncle Gideon. Uh, now, hmm. now, how does that look, Blondie? Well, um, it would look a little more honeymoony if they wouldn't sit up quite so straight. Mm -hmm. And there's uh, too much space between them. Get together, get together. Well, if you'll be good enough to tell Mrs. Sneevel that I don't want to force my attentions on her, I'll meet her halfway. Oh, uh, listen, Aunt Bessie, he says... I heard him. Uh, and huh? you tell Mr. Sneeble that he can just sit as close as he likes, and I'll just make out to myself I'm on a hayride with a stranger. Oh, no, Aunt Bessie. Pretend you're still in love. Don't be childish. Listen, uh, that's him. Uh, that's Dipple now. It, it's now or never, Aunt Bessie. Oh, please help us. Give Uncle Gideon your hand. For you, Blondie. There. Good. Now look happy. Yeah, uh, look at the fire and smile or something. I've got to open this door. Go ahead, Dagwood. Oh, <laughs> hello, Mr. Snipple. Uh, you're just in time. I mean... You, you know me? Uh, sure, Mr. Dithers oh, said Oh, yes, such a kindly character, Mr. Dithers. Is that so? I mean, sure. Uh, come right in. Oh, are you sure I won't be intruding into your happy circle? Oh, no, no, indeed. We've heard so much about you. I feel as if you were an old friend already. Oh, you're very kind. Now I feel welcome. Oh, but I mustn't stay. It's enough that I have seen this happy home, been allowed for just a moment to cross its magic threshold, step into a world of content. Oh, don't run away so soon, eh? Why, you haven't seen the place yet. Uh, look, over... Over by the fire. Honeymooners. Ah. And they want to meet you. We all do. I'm Blondie, and this is my husband, Dagwood Bumstead. And this is Aunt Bessie and Uncle Gideon Sneevel. Good evening. Pleased, I'm sure. How do you do? Now, won't you sit with us by the fire? Oh, I, I mustn't disturb the happy couple. They were seeing castles in Spain in the embers, I'm sure. Dreaming of their future together. Uh, well, I... Huh? Dagwood, 
Maybe Mr. Stipple is right and the rest of us wrong. I beg pardon? I mean, well, you've never had a home of your own, have you, Mr. Stipple? A real home, I mean, with a wife. No, I... I never have. But perhaps you know more about what a home means than people who do have one. You understand so well, little lady. Oh, Blondie's great at understanding people. Just the same, I... I think it might be a good thing if Mr. Stipple told us what he thinks a home should be. Oh, well, I, uh... It seems to me that a home need not be a large place. Uh, never any larger than just big enough to hold the people in it close together. Its walls shut out the world and its troubles... The fire on its hearth, no matter how tiny a blaze, keeps out the cold and warms the hearts around it. A real home is a place where a man and a woman face life together, face it unafraid, laughing at misunderstanding, inviting contentment, finding beauty in the simple act of living day by day. Oh, oh but I mustn't take up any more of your time. I think you've given us more than you've taken. Oh, but you all know better than I what I've been trying to say. You all have a home, while I, well, I just peer in at the lighted window and and wish you happiness. Oh, dear me, it's quite late. I really must go. Ah, another wayfarer attracted by the gleam of your fire. I'm standing! Oh, what makes it so quiet in here? Uh -huh. Why, Mr. Stipple was just telling Mr. us... Mr. Stipple... Well, 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 you got here, I see. I'm most happy to say that I did. I've met the most charming people. Huh? The Bumsteads, you mean? Oh, and their relatives, uh, Aunt Bessie and Uncle Gideon. Bumstead? Where are they? Uh, right over there. Uh, the ones holding hands. Those two? Uh-huh. By the fire? Perhaps yes. you're surprised to find a honeymoon couple who are not, uh, uh, young people. But they're all the happier to find each other later in life. It's not only for the young I want to build my little homes, Mr. Dithers. Oh, you've uh, decided to go ahead with your idea? Oh, yes, indeed. This house is what I've been looking for all along. Why, it's perfect. It's so snug, so peaceful. Peaceful. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, maybe if we're going to talk business, we ought to go over to the office. I was about to suggest it. Good night to you all, and... I do thank you so much for a happy visit. Good night. Good night. Good, oh, uh, Mr. Dithers, uh, before you go. Uh, tomorrow, Bumper says, don't you worry. I won't forget what you've done for me. Oh, I don't know how you did it. Well, I guess everything's all right, Dagwood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dithers sounded as pleased as he ever does. Hey, Aunt Bessie, Uncle Gideon. They've gone, Aunt Bessie. <laughs> yeah, but don't start yelling again, Aunt Bessie, uh, until Mr. Stipple is out of hearing. Oh, I, I don't feel much like yelling. That man made me, well, kind of ashamed. Me with a fine man like Gideon and, and treating him the way I have. Oh, now, Bessie, it was all my fault. Taking you to that big barn of a house and getting all excited because you had a few of your folks drop in. Suppose you moved to a small house, a cozy little place. Like this. Oh, Gideon, could we? Could we? We have. From now on, we live here, Bessie. Well, Dagwood, looks as though it's our move next. Come on. Huh? The honeymooners want to be alone. Oh. Come, dear. We'll pick up our things in the morning. Good night, Bessie and Gideon. Oh, they don't even hear you, Blondie. No. <laughs> Look at them. It would do Stipple good to see them now. Yeah. Sitting in front of that fireplace. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice fireplace. <clears throat> That's our regular 413A. The hearth where happy hearts will spend a lifelong honeymoon. Honeymoon. <laughs> 
Blondie is played by Penny Singleton and Dagwood by Arthur Lake, whose new Columbia picture, Blondie Brings a Baby, will soon be released. So till next Monday, we leave the Bumsteads, Blondie and Dagwood. Tomorrow night over these same stations, you can listen to the music of Bob Crosby and the best Dixieland band in the land with Johnny Mercer and Helen Ward. And if you like swing, well, you'd better make a date with your radio for Saturday night when Benny Goodman and the world's greatest swing band with Mildred Bailey bring you another musical caravan. That's a tip for your radio pleasure. This is Bill Goodwin speaking. Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. You know, back then in the, like, 30s, they used to say this is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Then later they just said CBS, you know, right. uh, sort of like ER. You know how I was right that that's really two words. Um, it's not like that at all because ER, that is the title. It doesn't stand for emergency room. It's just ER. All right. I'll give it to you, Lisa. It's ER. It'll make you happy. One of the callers called in, Doreen. I know. Doreen said, said hey, it's one, it's word, one ER. word. Doreen knows what but she's talking about. But it's tricky because ER does stand for emergency room. But that isn't the title, emergency room. It's just ER. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Want to arm wrestle about it? I do not. You're not going to win. <laughs> not that. No. <laughs> not an arm wrestle. That's, <laughs> That's Blondie, sure. November 6, 1939, Blondie in the model home. And uh, you had the uh, original film stars of the Blondie 28 movie series. Wow. They did the radio show, Arthur Lake, Penny Singleton. And uh, I hope you enjoy that. Not not a lot of show, not a lot of Blondies in existence. Very few, like I'm going to guess I might have like 10 episodes. That's it. And this was pretty good quality, too. So, uh, Mike, and great from job. And so early, 1939. Know, 1939. Wow. All right, time for This Month in Music History. Going back to the 1960s with this song. Mr. Postman. Was it, is that the name of the song, Please, it's Mr. Postman? Please, Mr. Postman yeah. is the name of the song. And it's by the Marvelettes. And they're waiting for a letter for what? Just from the, like saying, her boyfriend from a or guy something? Yeah. Saying, you know, <laughs> saying, I'm yours, Back then, basically. You know, now, to... now you get a text or an email. <laughs> right. Back then it was, yeah, Please, they, Mr. Postman, right, I you need... wait by the... By the mailbox. I'm, I'm getting a letter from this. You this... know, I think back to my school days, and I just remember yeah. when you were finding out who your teacher was. You had to stand. We used to stand by the mailbox. Yeah. And wait for him to deliver the letter that day to find really? out who our teacher was. Really? Is that how it was? Well, well it was you know, for me. You know, I, I graduated with the highest temperature in my class. I've heard that. You know? I've heard that so. before. So, please, Mr. Postman has been covered by so many different artists, including notably... The Beatles and the Carpenters. Oh, really? Right, but this wow, is the, the Marvelettes. Beatles too? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, please, Mr. Post. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But okay. this is the original, the Marvelettes. Oh, very, very cool. Okay. All right, Lisa Wolf, thank you very sure. much. Uh, when we come back, it's more of Hollywood 360. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. 
Hi everyone, this is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Man, a lot of people have been calling in for the 60 shows for 60 bucks. And uh, yeah, we've uh, had the pleasure of talking to a lot of our listeners. And um, if you don't know what we're talking about, well, I have a few thousand CDs, brand new CDs in the cases with the liner notes, and um, I'm clearing them out of the warehouse, and we're only charging my manufacturing costs to um, unload these uh, CDs to our uh, valued listeners, our Hollywood 360 listeners. You can get 60 half-hour classic radio shows on 30 CDs, along with historical liner notes, for only $60. That's just $1 per half-hour classic radio shows. 30 CDs, Lisa, for 60 bucks. So here's the thing. It's just while supplies last. So yes. once they're gone, they're gone. And I know the last gentleman that I spoke to mentioned that he didn't know the phone number. So I want to give it to you right now. It is 815-900-7535. If you call tonight, Carl or I will either answer the phone or call you right back when we have a moment and we will make sure to connect with you and sign you up and give you all the details but it's been a real hit tonight so don't wait don't delay if you want 60 shows for 60 bucks now is your chance yeah that number you can call uh, to place your order 815-900-7535 you can call tonight or you can call tomorrow or anytime during the week but if you want to talk to us, 815-900-7535. All right, coming up is Name That Tune. It's all about the Rolling Stones, but I need a huge Rolling Stones fan because Carl is pretty good with his Rolling Stones songs. Yeah, well, I mean, the Rolling Stones are my probably my favorite group. So I need somebody who's pretty familiar. If you'd like to give us a call, play the game, be on the air this is for Name That Tune. Give us a call, 312-642-5600, caller 18. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebastian, host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.